and welcome to podcast 252 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod I'm joined by Mad FM and manager of the latest club in the MLS, FM Dupe. Welcome, gentlemen. Oh, I did not expect that. <laughs> what a way to start. There, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since we, we dropped a hello. hello. So uh, I dropped a hello. Very Mrs. Doubtfire, it, I like it. Indeed. You know, um, I need to watch it again because I haven't seen it in ages and I feel like that will make me laugh. Um, anyway. I've never seen it, man. You've never I've seen, seen Mrs. Doubtfire. We, we have this talk about films and me i've never seen it like there's a load of films over there. i think we should do like a dupe film club instead of a podcast on football manager in fairness dupe like if dave is listening and he probably isn't he's never even heard of it because it's about 15 years older than him no i've never yet never seen it i know about it obviously i've never seen it actually to be fair you you would have not been that old when it was released 93 i think that came out Uh, so so. i was about eight months old yeah cool there you go yeah so I think you, you're allowed allowed that one. Anyway, right, on this week's pod, we do not have any further discussion about Mrs. Doubtfire, strangely enough, but we do have Ooh. a big focus on the London, the London Monarchs. But um, we'll come to that in a bit, very shortly, in fact. And we also have a quiz this week as well. But uh, the main focus is on Dupe's new save with the London Monarchs. So um, take it away, Dupe. Introduce the save idea. What is it? Who are they? Um, and then we can get into the nitty gritty about the save. So it's going to be really highly detailed because this is like pretty fascinating, really. And there's loads of caveats and other bits and pieces. So take it away. I think in the five years I've known you, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, Matt, about anything that I've done. Um, you obviously haven't I mean, watched the How save. much of it have you done, though? Like, uh, we'll get to that in a <laughs> uh, Matt's obviously not watched the save because our current owner, Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, <laughs> so, the London Monarchs. <laughs> the London Monarchs are a team based in London, which are currently playing in the MLS. Uh, it's been an idea of mine for quite a while. I'd say about 18 months now to to do something like this. I'm a big follower of the MLS. I love American football, baseball, hockey, all that stuff, the basketball. I like the American sports. So like my affiliation with America and sports is, is quite strong. So I kind of get the rules quite nicely. I did a really good save last year with Philadelphia Union and just dipped my toes. I was only there for a couple of seasons. And I thought, you know what? I love the idea of making football manager just that little bit harder. This isn't blowing my trumpet, but like I feel that most of the challenges I put in front of me are, I complete so I want to make it as hard as I can so what I've done is like I said created a brand new team so they've taken over Charlotte because databases and FM editor as Matt will tell you isn't the best so we tried our best to kind of like slot in a new side it just wasn't having it so we did take over Charlotte all 15 fans from Charlotte are gutted um, fan forums on Reddit are going mental. Um, but yes we've taken over Charlotte we've taken everything out of Charlotte we've gutted the team on the first day, there is just me as the general manager, because, you know, we're, we're American now, and as the president of the club, Friday Night FM. That's the only two people that are involved in the club. Joe, bankrolling you. I am shocked. Yeah. Call me Dave in 2017. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, that, it, it's just, it's very, look, Joe drove up. He did a lot of work. We were, I mean, and I remember whether we were going to do it. There was a few hurdles that we had to jump before we could do it. And Joe basically turned up on my doorstep on Thursday morning before the like the bank holiday weekend and just went, stop being a dick. We're going to do this. So let's just crack on and do it. So we basically spent that whole day doing all the backroom stuff. And then I started on working with FM editor to do the database. Um, and we did all the design stuff. So the shirts have been designed by Friday Night FM, the kits. They are in the royal palette, color, the, the royal color palette um, of our her majesty the queen so it's all very fitting um they are very nice shirts and we'll get onto them later the badge has been made um by dave Azapardi and um fm there's another jab fm kits i believe his name is uh they both helped me towards that fm kit designs i need to shout them both out because they've been awesome it is a crown for the monarchs but it's been designed in a way that it makes it's meant to look like the london skyline okay so it is all kind of 
really thought out. It's not just, oh, we'll just chuck forward like I normally do. It's mainly because Joe was sat there helping. Uh, so the, the, the database comes in. We start in 2021, and the MLS rolls through a whole season, and then we join in for the 2022 season. So it gives us a year to kind of start building something. Oh, it's difficult. <laughs> it's so, so difficult. Um, but we'll get again, we'll get onto that very shortly. But that's basically the main part of the save. We we have zero staff when we walk through the door, zero players. We have just we play at the Wembley Stadium. Uh we have limited ourselves to um the average ticket sales, which is twenty thousand tickets, uh averagely on on the MLS. So we're not kind of top, we're not selling ninety thousand tickets a week, for example. Um and also we train at St. George's Park. Um, so it's just quite nice fitting that it's like the English national team. Um, and it's, it's going okay. Dupe, are there many, like, a, <clears throat> you'd see, like, I don't know, Cardiff, Wrexham are in the English Football League. I know, like, the Canadian teams are in MLS. Are there, like, are there many real-life examples in, in football where you've got countries from a, like, clubs from a particularly different or further away country i know in, even in rugby now for example i know there's it's it's increasing a lot more they're talking about getting south african teams into like the what, not the heineken cup whatever you want to call it is it is it common in football it's not massively common i one thing i will say is uh in the um in the eurovision song contest they let australia in now so like i think kind of well, all rules I mean, have just voiced that's all now. That, that's all that matters well, that's a good answer <laughs> Hmm. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually had a question that was reasonably sensible, oh. uh, which was about like using Wembley. Have yeah. you? Do you think you're going to have any issues with like fixture clashes and things yes. like that? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a very last minute dot com move on one of our games. We were due to play LAFC, who were top at the time, and we'll go a little bit in depth. I'm sure you'll let me do a bit of an update shortly. Um, but they were due to play them on week. Comment or the weekend of the 28th, 29th of May. Uh, and the week before they went, no, we've got the League Two playoff final then. You can't play it. And you can't move it to the Sunday. And then it kind of moved to like miles away to the end of the season. And then about two days before it went, actually, what we'll do is we'll play the playoff two final, League Two playoff two final at three o'clock. And then you come on at half past seven. Right? So we did like a double header with the League Two playoff final. Um, logistically sounds horrendous. Uh, so I do apologize to the Metropolitan Police. Um, but it it worked. It, it just kind of flowed. We Annoyingly, we didn't see any increase in, in like people watching attendance. I thought we would have. Because like if it was me and I went to the League Two, I'd definitely stay and watch that. But hey, I'm not like everyone. Um, but that's the only time we've seen a visible difference where it's been moved. It's quite fortunate then, because I know that handle, the handling of fixtures, particularly in FM, it it can be a little bit problematic um, through the, through editing the showdown database and other bits and pieces, like fixtures being moved. And like bear in mind, the showdown stuff, I don't have to care about one competition. I just deleted all the others. So <laughs> like to, to prevent yeah. these sorts of things from happening, to make sure all the fixtures happen on the same day. So it is kind of coming from a different... Like area but at the same time like when you've got that many fixtures and then you've got to deal with like prioritization of of those fixtures it, as you've obviously noticed it can become a bit of a clusterfuck it's weird like the whole of march we were away from home we played five games in a row uh, uh, five games in a row away from home so i can only assume wembley was quite busy that month um i think they had jls on but like it it does seem to shift us about a bit um, and then we kind of have a good run of home games. And again, at the end of the season, August kind of September time, we're, we're away for six games in a row. You've, you've mentioned about like the away games. I don't, have you looked at like finances and looked at travel costs? Have, are they like in line with what you would expect for like transatlantic flights and stuff like that? Yes. So I have done simming on this. We have gone through and we have tested to make sure everything works because obviously we didn't want to get all the way through and then find out that we things just didn't work um so we when we tested it it was no different than um the cost for us to go to 
LA were no different than what the New York teams were paying to go to LA, if that makes sense. So when we actually simmed through, our travel costs were very much on par to the, to the teams that are like LA, that are quite far out on their own. Um, and we haven't found any issues with, with the finances being absolutely tonked by it. The other thing is as well, we weren't finding that other teams were struggling with that cost either. That was another thing that we tested. We loaded in and we kind of picked teams from all across the country and simmed for, for a season and just checked to see how much that cost was going. And it, it was not much difference at all. Um, but yes, you're absolutely right. Obviously, we've got, to pay, we've got to pay to fly around everywhere. One thing I have seen is I've seen a bit of a trend. We're pretty shit away from home. Um, so I'm so imagine, I'm, imagine that, like, yeah. <laughs> you're having to fly across the globe to play these away games. Yeah. Like, bearing, like, you consider America, like, it's pretty big on its own, and I know, like, teams don't always travel too well, like, it, regardless of, like, the sport in America, because a lot of teams are covering vast, vast distances between them, even when they're in the same conference. So, like, I'm, I'm shocked to see that, like, a nine-hour to 15 hour flight is killing players imagine I like, I like it though like, I like like <laughs> I like the fact that it is and it's not you know it's taking those sorts of we had when we had miles on he was saying like every single decision does affect the game and like, I kind of like the fact that that is the case um that we're not just like it, it does take into a factor so for example I've just loaded up my Crystal Palace network save with Joe Last season, it cost Crystal Palace to do all that Crystal Palace did, £1.2 million in travel cost. At the moment, we're on, we're on target to hit about £1.5 million travel cost. Must be flying so Ryanair. Not... Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. why they're knackered. They've got no leg room. <laughs> I end up grading. Have to, having to sit on their, uh, their hand luggage. Yeah. Well, but, they don't want to take look. On the attendance as well, like the... Because it's a new club, do you, do you think the game is smart enough to have the low attendance based on the obviously the common sense geography element, or is it also because it's a new club and you have to build it up? Would it be? Yeah, I believe so. So again, our reputation um, mm. was brought in as average, um, so we kind of just went in to to low to average. We're not the most recognisable is, club. Is that, I, is that in the M, in comparison to the rest of the MLS? Correct. Yeah. In, in comparison to the rest of the MLS. What I didn't want to do is walk over there and go, oh, look, we can sign all these amazing players because everyone thinks we're great. One thing I have found is that we're getting probably around about 50 to 60 fans coming on our away trips. Right? So it's basically... <laughs> That's like just your family, Dupe. We met, we met them all at your 30th. It's just your, your family in extended. And um, we're getting about 100 people coming away to Wembley, which... It you know again that doesn't it's a long way for people to travel on a Wednesday night isn't it? <laughs> but um, no, I, I yeah that's obviously one concerns that we did have, which is why we kind of went average. So we knew that our gate receipts would be average. Uh, so again, it didn't nerf the finances too much. Um, but yeah, we had to be a little bit careful. I didn't want to just load the club up with a shed load of money. Um, at the at the moment, we're at the end of the getting close to the end of the season and you know we're, we're making a profit so i feel it's a small profit but we're making a profit at the moment which is probably shows that we've kind of got it semi right um sticking with geography dupe uh, we don't want to change the subject just the um <laughs> is the maybe we're jumping ahead but does the travel element have an impact i don't know how, what the game the spread between games is but does does, is the travel element taken into account in terms of the fatigue, the recovery? Do you have to pay particular focus after you know after the game or in between games in the training? It, it I don't think they're taking into consideration at okay. all. Um, for example, I'm just going to reel off my April. April I started off Saturday home against Inter Miami, away on the Wednesday to Toronto, away to DC United on the Saturday, home on the Wednesday to New York Red Bulls, home. On the Sunday to Philadelphia, Wednesday we went away to Portland, and then Saturday we were home to Columbus. I don't think they make it kind of fit us, but you go to and have a look at uh, LAFC, for example, and they are in the Western Conference, but they are still having to travel quite a bit as well. Mm. Um, and it just, I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a tricky one. 
It was all. It was never going to be perfect. I have to be honest, um, because it is. There's a reason why there's not uh, an MLS team in England at the moment, right? Kind of makes you think. Does the you know? I think the game. You know, if you've a Champions League on a Wednesday or a Europa League on a Thursday, I think the game knows kind of what to do there. If you know what I mean, in terms of if there was a game on the Saturday or Sunday, uh, you know, rather than just being this four days between it, the fact that it's a European competition and it's all connected. I'm, I'm just wondering. It's it's curious to think whether or not it's joining the dots there. Yeah, I, I don't believe they take it into mm. account. And again, I, we don't know enough behind the scenes to know how we're how we're logistically doing that. You mm. know, for example, if we're in DC on the Saturday, are we staying over to? Uh, I can't see us flying back to then fly back over a day later. So um, I have found that, and this is again when we get into the, the the actual gameplay and how we've been getting on. I have found that we've got a really good first eleven, um, and our, our backup isn't great. And we're finding that we are having probably a few more injuries than we would normally have. Um, and again, that is most likely down to tiredness uh, and fatigue. Because they're not like, we're not finding that we're having season-long injuries. We're just having the the one or two days and the one or two weeks because of, you know, left, right, and center and jet lag and, and all that jazz. Out with the virus. No. Out with the virus. Too <laughs> <laughs> soon. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, I think we've covered off the editor quite well there, actually, because I think you've you've already mentioned about sort of the struggles of getting teams in, and also then balancing balancing the reputation. Like contrary contrary to popular thought, um, I thought I'd I'd balanced my like Blackburn Olympic reputation quite well, and but I did I did the same way as you did, like replaced yeah. a team, or or rather not replaced a team, but I actually just resurrected an old team and. For whatever reason, I think it's just a combination of lower leagues plus uh, the fact that like you're playing leagues outside of what FM is kind of made for, and because of that, attributes go a bit like haywire. At least yeah. with the MLS, it's it's an intended league. But I talking agree. of the MLS, like the rules, like you are like it's a it's a league that you are. Like we were talking before we started recording, I was saying that you're you're into American sports anyway, so you are like a good candidate of English people or British people or non-Americans who actually understand the rules of MLS and how it works because you're familiar with how American sports tend to work in comparison to what Europeans would expect. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. An, I'm weird. I have to admit, I'm very weird. And like, even just playing normal football manager, I've got a spreadsheet for that. Do you know what I mean? And I know it's a spreadsheet within a spreadsheet and et cetera, et cetera. But like, for me, I have a spreadsheet for my squad. I've made an MLS spreadsheet. So when you put your players in to do your squad and you put your salary that they're on and the fact they're an international player and then how much gam that you've used to impact that salary it then tells you how much you've got remaining and stuff like It's really nerdy when you break it down like that. I'm glad I'm married because I'd be a virgin, honestly. Um, <laughs> it probably is yeah, the only way to, because it's quite complex, right? And the game, I think they've done a pretty stand-up job. We've talked about it in the past of how they've set it up, but it's still complicated. You know, you see people tweeting like, oh yeah, I've been managing in the MLS, signed X player. And then when it came down to it, they couldn't use him, couldn't play him, waste of money, waste of time. So I think you need to be on the ball. management, that is. It's simple. And I'm going to break it down to you really quickly because I don't want to go through it too much. You have your designated player slots, okay? So your designated player slots, at the, at the start you have two, you can buy a third. Okay, if you don't buy a third, at the end of the season, everyone that bought a third, you get a cut of that money with everyone else that didn't buy a third. It's 150 grand you have to pay, okay? There you go. There's confusing factor number one. <laughs> um, so nice. I bought, so I have three designated player slots and I'm going to, give you a bit of a spoiler now to who I've signed in that jazz. So you can pay those players however much you want and only 600 odd thousand of that goes against your salary cap. Okay. So I currently have signed legendary striker. He ain't finished. He's only 32. Timo Puki. I pay him $3.98 million per year because we've done it. So we're like, yeah, you know me. Uh, and I only 600 off thousand of that comes off. Number two is Kennedy from Chelsea. I pay him three and a half million a year. Okay. But again, only 600 off thousand come off of that. And then the greatest signing I've done, and I'm so chuffed with it, is Adnan Yanazai. 
is my Ooh. third designated player. Um, brought him in from Real Sociedad, ex-Manchester United, obviously. Uh, he's done very, very well, and I'm very happy with him. So there's your three designated players. You then have to have, um, you, can, you can have up to 10 international slots that you can fill with international players. But you can trade your international slots. One year, two year, three year, four year, five year, all permanent. So you could get rid of it permanently um, for a trade. So there you go. That's like the little bit of confusing factor. You have to keep within your salary cap, but you also have X amount of GAM, which is general allocation money, that you can pay off some of people's wages and it won't then affect your, your salary cap. So if I was paying you 500 grand a, a year, Matt, I could pay 250 grand of my general allocation money and that would drop your salary cap impact down to 250. I've lost him. He's gone. <laughs> so that's I just pretty want to much... get it. I'm just like, pay me. Should I be getting paid here? <laughs> so, so that's a little bit of an overview of it. It's, it does, you have to just dive in. But on the finance screen, there is a, an absolute, there's a screen that tells you everything you need to know about MLS. It will tell you whether you're in within cap, how much transfer budget you got left, how much of this GAM money you've got, how much of your targeted uh, allocation money you've got. And it also tells you how many designated players you've got, how many you've got available to use. and all. It's an easy screen just for the MLS. You don't find it anywhere else on any other uh, league, just for the MLS. And that helps out massively. Can you go back on the, the trading of the international players thing again, right? So you said yes. there's 10 of them? You can have ten, ten slots. Ten slots. Ten slots. That's, yeah. And you can trade. What you what you you said you can trade the slot. Okay. So let's player? let's set something up. Let's set something up. So at Cincinnati they have Brenner. Brenner is a very good striker. I had mm. him uh, in the in the pe Pentagon earlier in the season. Let me say I want Brenner. Okay. So what I can do is I can offer them an international slot for one year, for two years, for three years, for four, to try and tease him away. I could offer them gam money where I can give them money. Oh. That not that it will go into their transfer budget, but will go into their GAM to then lower their salary cap impacts. I can also give them draft picks. So every year you have a super draft. I'm losing you right now. You have insane. a super draft every year. Basically, the easiest way to describe a super draft is, imagine if everybody in the Premier League had their youth intake as per normal. They then get all pushed into one big group. And then whoever came 20th in the, pre oh, it will be the 18th in the Premier League would get the first pick and it would go all the way through and then it would go back again. Da, 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 da. And you can trade those picks off. You only get three a season. Okay? And that's how you get your good talented youngsters or not good talented youngsters. And there's more to go in depth with that, but I'm not going to bother with that now. I don't want to lose you too much. But as football manager gaming goes, right, you know how we, we tend to get a bit more expansive or experimental Mm -hmm. If you play the game as long as we have, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening have played the game as long or longer than we have, you're always looking for something new, something more, something different. You know, in my saves, I do a lot of different rules or constraints around it to, to make the narrative, uh, you know, a bit different. Obviously, you know, you see a lot of people like yourself do, using the editor to create the scenario, but just just as simple as going into the MLS, which a lot of people still won't have done. I've never done it. it it's a game changer of... Managing a save, you don't need rule, your own rules and constraints because it's all there waiting for you. Hopefully on one screen, as Dupa said. A lot, a lot of people are scared by it. I think I'm a lot terrified. of people probably look at it and go, oh, wow, that's, that's daunting. But it's not. Once you get your knowledge, do a, do a season and just do a throwaway season. Don't pick a team you want to be. Just jump in, have a little look around, see what you can and cannot do. If you sign somebody and you can't get them in, then you have to waver them. You have to literally give them away to get them off. And that sounds wrong. And uh, <laughs> you just have to, if you can't sign, if you can't register them, you can't register them. But the best thing to do is just go give it a go. But you can get some great talent. And it depends how you want to do it, go about it. Especially if you're doing this save. For example, I walked through the door and I'm looking at like, you know, the old Will Smith meme where he just walks in at the end of Fresh Prince and he looks around. That was literally <laughs> me on the first day. So I called my mate up, Brian McBride, you know, ex-Fulham. So he's got ties of London. He's American. And I brought him in as assistant coach. Together, we went and got a tremendous, he's a new gen, so we won't know who he is, but a tremendous um, technical director. Um, and I then just let him do all the staff. Now, it is, it's lovely doing staff, and we all know how good it is doing staff, mm. and we all know how to do staff. But it's very similar doing staff in the MLS as it is to do staff at home. So I'm thinking, let's just focus on the league. Uh, 
my strategy, uh, and luckily when we actually announced the save and started streaming the save, we the, the database is available. So if anybody wants to do it, again, with the graphics that we spoke about earlier, and people were going in and they're like, okay, well, I've just signed Gareth Bale. Oh, how much are you paying him a year? Eight million pound a year. Okay, well, there's all your, there's all your salary <laughs> gone. So who are you going to sign? So I went and picked all the cheap guys up, the freeze, and then just sent them out on loan first season. So you just, I'm picking up guys that are on like, there's a there's a contract type called senior minimum contract. You have to pay them a minimum amount of wage per year, which is 81 grand a year. And that goes against your salary cap. But I just picked as many of them as I can as squad rotation guys. And then we started bringing in the big guys. We've brought in Mangala from, um, I can't even remember where he's from, but um, we brought him from St. Etienne, Mangala, ex-Manchester City. Uh, Center half, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got Clavin in from, uh, I think he's at Kalari uh, now. Ragnar Clavin, uh, yeah. is that him? Yes, Ragnar Clavin. Used to yeah. play for Liverpool, yes. Liverpool, yeah, yeah. Yeah, brought him in. Um, we've got Dijan Javelovic. I can't say his name. Matt looks at me like I'm a nutter. You know the Serbian <laughs> who used to be a wonder kid from Frankfurt? Yes. Like 2019, and used to get him from Red Star before then. I brought him in. So I've got like a really good squad. Um, you also, at the start of it, because you newly enter the, the, the MLS, you get a different draft. You get an extension draft. Um, which is where you get five picks. Every single team in the MLS will give three players up. They put it into a pool. You go down and you can just pick any five. So you can get some good guys. You can get some bad guys. We've got a couple of good guys in there. Um, but yeah, we're, we're on course. We're doing very well. We're currently top of the Eastern Conference. We're currently second in, uh, in the Shield. Um, we have scored the most goals in the MLS. We've also nearly conceded the most goals as well. <laughs> I, I said our front four was fantastic. We've got Adnan Yanazai, Kennedy, Dijan, and Puki. But also, we've got a really shoddy defence. I was able to prize uh, Andre Blake away from Philadelphia, who's probably one of the better goalkeepers in the MLS, uh, by doing a trade with them, which was superb. Um, and he's only just recently come in. The other issue is, a bit like we mentioned rugby earlier, um, when the internationals come along, we don't stop for the internationals. We just keep playing. So unless the North American internationals are taking place, which they don't always do. So that like, for example, um, the chaps from Europe will go off to Europe or the chaps from South America will go off. And then I've just got to play with whatever's left. I don't have a choice. I have to play. Um, we had one crazy, crazy game, which shows you how bad our defense was defense uh which was uh when we played vancouver away um they got eight touchdowns and we got seven i lost eight seven to vancouver um it was a hell of a game i cried um but we're doing we're doing okay like we're doing very we're, we're doing better than i expected but that's only recently we just put six uh, six wins out of seven together but then you just like lose the silly games um probably because of tiredness and like i said if you have an injury or a, or a booking it's difficult because you just don't have the talent. You have a, you can you can afford a good eleven, but you just can't afford that squad. I do feel like this would be a really really good focus for an all or nothing series because it's so yes. like like I think like you could even do it as like a highlights thing for the end of a season, um, where you because of like obviously you would have to um, add a bit of creative license to like the travel and everything like that but because it is such a fascinating way of like and I, to be honest I don't think it's too much of a, a, a reach either like especially with like Beckham's involvement in in uh, the MLS now I would with Inter Miami I wouldn't be surprised if there is like a fork of that in London or or elsewhere that's not in America in the next 10 years I wouldn't be surprised because they're already having games over here for the NFL and so it's not too ridiculous to think that there wouldn't be an MLS expansion that comes over here or something like that. Imagine so, if they called the London Monarchs. So that ima- imagine, really imagine, weird. yeah, that, that would be, be weird. It's such a, it's such an American name though as well. Yeah, it, it yeah, works yeah, really is. well. Um, so I guess objectives for this. So we haven't really covered that. What I mean, are we just assuming that it's going to be MLS Cup? that you're wanting or is there is no. there more to this i want to win the uh, the north american champions league because i've not won enough champions league this year when i went to philadelphia last year we did everything we won the lot but we didn't win that champions league and i think that's the pinnacle of the save is to win that champions league the issue is well not the issue that's the main objective no no that's not that's a secondary objective 
the main objective, and we're, we'll probably talk about this and touch upon this a little bit more. However, I am teamed up with a charity on this save, and they are the shirt sponsors for our shirts. Um, and we will be doing a charity stream for them. Uh, you know me, I like my charity streams, where it will be probably 24, maybe 48 hours of madness again. And we will aim to do what we can do to raise as much money as we can for charity. And that's my main goal from the save, is if we can raise as much as we can. But secondarily, I want to win the Champions League. <laughs> Dude, didn't you say the shirts? I want to personal glory. Just to quickly, you said the shirts are charity, the, the, all the profits are going charity as well? Uh, yes. Maybe we're so, going ahead of it. But. I don't know, but we'll, we'll talk about it now. So basically, mm. we've got a home and away shirt. Um, like I said, they are in the, the colours of the Royal Palette, as it's very UK-esque. They've got some nice little details on them. And when we made them, we said, this was kind of my one idea which made me really kind of a whole thing snowball was that what I wanted to do was make these shirts in real life and I wanted to sell them to, to people that watch the stream. And to be fair, I wanted to make them look so nice that people wanted to wear them and buy them. They are sick. They, like, whether they really, like, really like the same yeah, they, or whether they just both, stumble across it. They are both really good. Like I would buy, like, I would buy them just... Irrespective of knowing you, like yeah, I would buy them which, anyway. Which is the goal, right? And again, yes, they are very, very nice. And again, that is blowing mine and Joe's trumpet, but like I mainly Joe's. But I mean, that, that was the cost of the kids. Um, but to be fair, that was what I wanted to focus on. Is I wanted people to really want them, right? Like I said, regardless of what, and I'll be open. They cost they cost us twenty two pounds to to make uh, per shirt is what we're paying. We have to pay posters and packaging on top of that. And we are then charging them out. I think at £32.50 plus your, however much it costs to get to post it to your house. Every single penny, every single penny that we earn from that, um, from those shirt sales that are, um, that is profit will be given to the charity. We'll go towards our just giving or however we're going to do it, charity. We have, because again, we wanted to make it look as sick as possible. They're not front and center shirt sponsor. So it is smart. Uh, make a smile. Uh, it's not, sorry, spread a smile. Fuck, I forgot the charity. That's terrible, isn't it? That is um, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> they've tweeted me all afternoon as well. Um, yeah. So they're not front and center. What they are is they are on the, sh the shirt sleeve. Um, and it's very much trying to be there and people know they're there. But again, we didn't want to take away from the fact the shirt is tremendous. It's weird that you that because of the, the the sponsorship placement, because I was actually I'd seen someone tweet something about the city Etihad sponsored shirt where they had it just under the crest, it really yeah. small, so mm -hmm. it didn't ruin the design of the shirt, but it was obviously present, which is kind of what you've done. Um, what brought up like obviously you you've usually picked charities that are quite close to to your personal situation. Mm -hmm. Is there a link to this one? No. Um, I'll be honest, I wanted, and this shows how difficult it can be at times to work with charities, right? So we have to get permission from the charity because we are using their logo on something that we're selling, even though all profits go to charity by law and by UK law, I need to get their permission to print their logo. Okay. So we have to do everything above board because I don't, I ain't getting sued for trying to raise money for charity. So there's a local charity close to me, uh, which deals. Yeah, the profit goes to the lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> if there are any lawyers listening, can you please drop a DM to uh, FMD, please either to sue I him or help him out or defend him. <laughs> Um, so there's a local charity to me that we really wanted to use. And unfortunately they were unable to give us that permission, um, through Joe, Joe knows a lady that works for this charity. And that was, that was our in. And that to be fair was one of the reasons why we chose the charity because having somebody in behind the, the front line, you know, it's helpful. But then when you actually break the charity down and see what they do, it's tremendous. So they are called Spread a Smile, and they are their main aim is what they do is they bring joy and laughter to seriously ill and terminally ill hospitalized children in the UK and their families during long hospital stays. So uh, I've had to spend time, thank thankfully, uh, not not as long as some some people, but I've had to spend time in hospital with my children, and I know what it's like, and I know how difficult that can be. So to help out, even if we just help out one family, is tremendous. 
Uh, and when we go and do the charity stream, we'll, we'll break it all down and we'll just kind of break everything down. Well, I'm sure we'll do a little highlight on the pod before uh, breaking everything down. What what that what the pound does, for example. But the main thing is, is in in horrendous times, this charity go out and they go out of their way to make sure that we can still bring smiles and laughter. And, and I think, like for me, it's quite fitting is. I deal with problems and stuff like that by making myself laugh and trying to make others laugh. So like for me, it's a lovely charity and I think what they do is tremendous. And if you want to just go and Google them or even chuck on my Twitter, uh, spread a smile UK at on on Twitter, they're they're, they're great at what they do. The links for all of this, including the, uh, including the the link to the charity and the link to the the store where you can pre-order the shirts, it'll all be in the, the podcast description anyway. So, I'm gonna to have to say shirt for now because we are we have only released a home shirt, and you've only I'd got love one. To re- <laughs> I'd love to release the away shirt. I'm trying to think. I, I don't want to talk too much about it, but I'm trying to do something a little bit more special for the away shirt. I.e., maybe just doing a one to eleven, so it's very much um, one to eleven and, a, and an auction. Yeah, go. maybe. There's, there's there's little talks about it, but the, the problem is, as good as the home shirt is, and a lot of people have said, I've had a lot of people go, yeah, but that, that away shirt's nice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's certainly, like I said, we're not, we're not trying to profit from this at all. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to sell as many as I can so we can raise as much as we can for charity. So um, if you see me on Twitter, if you see me on, uh, on, on stream or anywhere, I will be plugging it. I do apologise, but it is genuinely just down to the fact that I want to do the best where, we can. Where would that be again, Dupe? Streaming? Uh, oh, I'm disappointed because you, you could have gone in and you, you've, you've jumped in. You should have said, <laughs> and are you promoting the charity as well? But you didn't. Um, so I'm, do, um, I'm different this week, this month. Charity, charity Dupe this month. Charity right. dupe. <laughs> um, I'm, all my plugs, you can find me at Spread a Smile, okay? <laughs> plugless, plugless dupe. Wow. Um, I don't know how we move on from that. So <laughs> we'll, we'll just, really we'll just go into the quiz. Um, <laughs> dupe, thank you very much for giving us a detailed breakdown of um, of the London Monarch save. I'm, I'm looking forward to how it sort of progresses. Mm. Can I just add one thing? Sorry, um, again, this isn't me trying to plug, but I've had a lot of people say that like they're surprised that I understand the rules. And a lot of people say, oh, you should do a video on it. And I'm like, if only we had a really big American street uh, football manager player that could do a really good video on the MLS, eh? I feel like I don't want to tread on, tread, tread on Zealand's toes by just going, here's an MLS, here's how you do it. So, he doesn't uh, care about the MLS. Realistic. He only cares about international football. Ah, uh, so. true. has no actual knowledge of anything else, apparently. Wow. Okay. That's just but it's all it's all based on like he, I mean the fact that he knows who <laughs> Stern John is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and doesn't know who <laughs> other like more relevant players are. Like Stern John was relevant when when we were younger, like when he played for Coventry. Don't, don't say we, because I don't know who this is. We, I, 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 I included remember. myself and Mad in, okay, in yeah. that. I think Stern John was very good in a, in one of the Chapman versions, Matt. No. Yeah, he he wasn't bad. He was like a, a shit Barry Hales. Um, was there a good Barry Hales? <laughs> there was a, in in Champman. There was a very good Barry Hales. You oh, obviously okay. haven't gone far enough back, Sunshine, and you're older than me, so you're getting shown up. Anyway, anyway, we digress. Quiz time with you, Irish oh, boy. Shit. It's time for the quiz. Can it be MLS based, Matt? Come on, no, read the room. Cannot. <laughs> You know what, incidentally, He's read the room. it couldn't be less 50, MLS 50. based now that you mentioned it. Um, MLS? Huh? Hello. Should have used you when I wanted the names. Um, so what, what, what I t- I'll tell you what this quiz is based on. I saw a tweet today that made me realize oh, something, um, something I hadn't really thought too much about. Maybe you guys are already aware that no English manager has ever won the Premier League. Yes. Um... So I hadn't, you know, I suppose I kind of knew, but it was in the back of my mind. I never really thought too much about it. So I saw a tweet today, uh, Footy Accumulators, I think it's called. And they're already giving odds on the first English manager to win the Premier League. 
Now, is it Eddie Howe? Eddie Howe is currently top for obvious reasons. Um, then you've got, shocked. I think, Eddie Howe is 5 to 1, Stevie Gerrard is 8 to 1, Graham Potter 14 to 1. They've got Lampard there, Southgate for some reason, Scott Parker and Wayne Rooney. But what I decided to do was get a little quiz together. Where's Dyche? Dyche isn't there at all, being wow. honest. Yeah, strangely. They only, I mean, they only Shocking. tweeted a few names. Um, he's pro- I don't know, he'll probably end up the next Ireland manager or something. So what I've decided to do is um, look at the most successful English managers, um, I suppose, over the last few years. So what I've done is I've grabbed every English manager that has managed to finish um, seventh or above in the Premier League. So, and what we're going to do is we're going to work our way backwards. So it's going to be shout your name first. I'm going to give you a year. And if you can tell me the, basically, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to give the year and the position. So for example, I might say 2026. If you can get that in one go, I'll give you two points. Um, sorry, let, let me go again. If you can get that in one yeah, go w- without a clue, a I'll give you two points. <laughs> I will give you two points. If you don't get it, if you need a clue, I'll throw in the club and you can get it for a point. Right. So, for example, I might say 2025. I love how you overcomplicate these for yourself when you could just do a it simple scoring system. It only overcomplicates it because I can't explain it very well. But once we do it, it gets easier. Yeah. Okay, go on then, Matt. We'll see what we can do. Irish Matt dags and everything, you know. Um, okay, cool. We didn't so, say anything. people at home and wherever you're listening, I didn't say dags. That was yeah. he says it every other Madden. week. Every other week. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was paddles. <laughs> Hashtag. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the Premier League era. So Premier League era is, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, 92, 92. 93 onwards? Yes. Correct. So I think we're all... I mean, or else we'll be having Brian Clough and the someone has already won the first division who's English, so... Yeah. What Don I can tell you is the last... Revy, etc. as well. The last English manager to win the top division was Howard Wilkinson the year before it became the Premier League Indeed, with Leeds. With so that's how far back we have Leeds, to go. Yeah. So we'll start off hopefully relatively easy because we're going to go with the most recent first. So what I'm going to say to you is I'll give you the year and the position and I need you to shout your name to give me the name of the manager. Uh, I can throw you the club if you're struggling. So number one, this English manager finished seventh in the 2017-18 season. Finished seventh in the 17-18 season. Holy with shit. the club qualifying for Europe for the first time, I believe. I'm going to go nerd and nerd. Uh, Dyche. Dyche is, of course, the correct answer with Burnley. Finished seventh in 1780. <sighs> Good shot, nerd. I didn't realise it was that far back, but then recency bias, I think. There you go. That gets you two points. Let's keep going. I, I feel that might be enough to win it, man. <laughs> Should we just stop there? <laughs> <laughs> So next is this English manager finished fifth in the league into the, in the 2011-2012 season. Nerd. Nerd. Oh no, fuck. No, ignore that. Sorry. I'd kind of forgotten someone's nationality for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> is it Pep Guardiola? No. It wasn't. I was going for Mark Hughes, actually, but then... It, is he but, Welsh? Yeah. <laughs> He's, is he Welsh? I mean, it, it is actually correct. He is. Um, so finished fifth so, in the 2011-2012 season. Nerd. Nerd. Harry Redknapp. Is incorrect. Oh. Bollocks. So what I can tell you is, I'll throw in some clues. It was um, the year after, or sorry, the year this team had been just promoted back to the Premier League. Great dancer. Oh, nerd. Nerd. Oh, fuck. No, okay. Okay. How many great dancer managers? Kerbishly. Incorrect. <sighs> Bollocks. Shall I give you the club? Yeah, yeah, go on then. The club is Newcastle. Nerd. Nerd. Pardew. Oh, Alan Pardew. Oh, sick. I hate that guy with a passion. I was going I was going through like basically I had a raft of English managers. The next one was gonna be Allardyce. <laughs> I, I said great dancer and you went with Kerbishley. We we might need more on that next week. As to as to how you're I didn't hear be. I didn't hear the great oh, dancer okay. part. <laughs> Not to worry. Oh I didn't even hear that to be fair. Next we're going with English manager who finished fourth in the two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten season. Nerd. Nerd. 
Harry uh, Redknapp. Yeah, Harry Redknapp, Redknapp gets you two points with Tottenham. Big Harry. Next, this manager finished sixth in the 2004-2005 season. Nerd. No, fuck, I've done it again. Shit. 2004-2005. <laughs> yes, 0-4-0-5. Finished sixth in the league. Quite impressively. No, no, you know, oh, mm. did you say Quite six? Impressively. Six, sixth mm. in the league. Go on, dude, while Matt is literally tormenting himself. <laughs> I'm going to go Allardyce with Bolton. Damn, Allardyce gets you a two points. Finish six Isn't with Bolton. Isn't that when he had, like, Okocha and all that? Like. Definitely, JJ Okocha. You okay there, Matt? <laughs> yeah, it was the. Uh, I'm quite sure Blackburn qualified for Europe as well, but it was Mark Hughes who was still the manager. <laughs> and I did. That was the thing I fell for. Was the same fun thing. It's fucking well. Okay, next one. Actually, I may have skipped one in terms of chronology, but what about it? Uh, this English manager finished seventh in the 2008 2009 season. Seventh in 0809. Getting his team into Europe. This is a London-based team Nerd I'm going for Kerbishley again Incorrect This is a London-based team Who went into Europe the following season Did quite well from what I remember Nerd Nerd Oh Uh, Hodgson Yeah, Hodgson indeed My fucking brain is not on it today It's going to wake up very quickly now uh, it's going to get really hard now. No, it should. I mean, well, we're, we're not going too far back. Uh, if Dave was here, he'd be he'd be in the in the mud by now. Um, next, this English manager finished fourth in the Premier League in the two thousand and two two thousand and three season. Fourth, fourth in the league in two thousand and two two thousand and three season. Dupe. This Matt Dupe. Oh, Sir Bobby. Sir Bobby Robson gets Dupe oh, two points. Good lad. I'm trying to think. Like, it's so hard. Hard this and is you like have to the go hardest back. quiz yeah. you've ever done. You're doing well, lads, in fairness. You've points. It's hard when you can't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> First time we've done a quiz outside of Sporko. Fuck. Next. Hell, yeah, true. This English manager has finished third with the same club twice. During the 90s, hashtag 90s football, Matthew. In nerd. the. Ni- oh, nerd. I'm going Frank Clark. Did you know that? I might need Frank that Clark. Frank Clark is incorrect. Uh, Not what I was looking for. So it was an English manager who finished third two seasons with the same club in the 97 98 season and the 95 96 season. Nerd. Nerd. Roy Evans. Roy Evans gets you the two points with Liverpool. Liverpool. That's how far we've gone back. That's how far. This is a bit before my time there. Next up, this English manager finished second in the 95-96 season. Nerd. Nerd. Kevin Keegan. Kevin Keegan. Matt is loving this. He is loving it. it. Loving it. (laughs) I love it if we beat them. Love it. Sorry, right, man. We've got four or five more to go. Then the brains can rest. So here I have an English manager who finished sixth with his club in the 95-96 season. Same season. It'll be a little bit trickier, I suspect. This team came very close to getting relegated this season, but just avoided it. Dupe? Dupe. Oh, no. It's not Hoddle at Chelsea, is it? Incorrect. Nerd. Nerd. Joe Royal. Pulled it out of the bag, Dupe. Joe Royal. Mate, I'm I'm just trying to go off some sort of... I know he went from Swindon up to, to the Premier League, so I just, it was somewhere around then. So I tell you what, when I was putting together this quiz and I couldn't find his name anywhere, it, I, I realised that the highest he ever finished with Chelsea was 11th. And then he went on to become England manager. There's always that. Uh, Next up, this English manager finished third with his team in the 94-95 season. 
Nerd. Nerd. Frank Clark. There it is. Frank Clark gets it two <laughs> I feel points. like you put me up against the worst possible person. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Dave? <laughs> Last one. This English manager finished second in the 92-93 season. Dupe. Dupe. Joking here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually know this. Dupe. Dupe? <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> Dupe. Um, Ron Atkinson. Sorry, it goes an offer to Matthew. Matt. Uh, no, no, no. Matt double duped. Uh, Matt double matted earlier. He double duped. <laughs> That's what he's hoping to do later. Hello. <laughs> the correct answer is, of course, Ron Atkinson with yeah. Aston Villa. Dupe. So well done. GG's. The, uh, just so everyone knows, uh, the reason why I said joking here is because Matt caught the question up and we had to delete it. Uh, that's why he's not got a jingle. Matt um, said he's not okay. even going to edit the pod tonight. So <laughs> whatever's in there is in there. That's what she said. Hello. There, right? there was another one of those I should have got with, gone for earlier, but I didn't. Anyway. You're still on with Mark Hughes on this one. Um, uh, I've, I've done it twice. I, I've, I announced it once, so hmm. it's fine. Just, you just miss Mark Hughes. So, uh, in second place with six points is FM Dupe. Out Hi. in his own 90s football, 15 points is Nerd Funnick. Yeah, I mean, I was never going to beat Matt on that. You could have seriously, honestly, like that's you could have done it about my house in the nineties. I still, Matt still would have beat me. On it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say nineties. Finally, nineties football, and I and I'd smash a quiz. That's Imagine it for the year now, Matt. There'll be no more. Oh, don't do that to me. No, that's not fair. <laughs> we've, got, we've hit June and that's it. I've peaked. Brilliant. Anyway, uh, thank you for that, Matt. Uh, that does bring the end to uh, episode 252. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest football manager content, including downloading instructions for Dupes London Monarchs database, as well as the link to order one of those glorious new one-of-a-kind kits with all the profits going to the charity... As discussed, um, this is where I should say what the charity is, but I can't remember. What is the charity Spread name? Spread a smile. Spread a smile. Oh, Thank you, Duke. Um, Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There'll be more from us next week, and we have a special guest again. Um, say goodbye, folks. Joe's back. Goodbye, Dave. Goodbye, folks. Ron Khan, especially. <laughs>